guys, episode 10. Who's this introducing their podcast for tonight? Actually, we're shooting in the daytime today, which is a change of scenery for us. Normally we're doing a late night podcast, but the stars align and we're doing a day one for now, so this is epic. Um, Both the boys like, a, like getting to bed on time, so... Yeah, those we 10 did. o'clock finishes were pretty late. So, so savage. Yeah. Um, you'll notice that I'm starting tonight's podcast or today's podcast because on the Saturday just past momentous event happened um i actually tapped a big man out um in jits first and i mean it was just a sensational feeling had had by all you know there was clapping there was applause it was a great day everyone was really happy obviously except will who was um naturally in the corner crying about it but just a really good day and that's why i'm starting today's Today's podcast episode and episode 10, we made it to double figures. I don't know if Double figures, baby. Made it, baby. Love it. I was waiting to the good part of it, to the opening. But, um, no, <laughs> Eamon, drag it out Eamon, Eamon's right. The, uh, he, did, he got me on the weekend, actually. It was good. He's, he's getting quite good at the jits. Not that I'm that great, but um, I have had the wood over him in recent weeks. But he, uh, yeah, he managed to make me nearly suffocate and die on the weekend. So, <laughs> Which is always good in a friendship. Which, yeah, it keeps us strong. Yeah. I was thinking about that, the end of the JIT session on, on Saturday, there was something that I felt, and I hadn't really kind of put, like connected all those dots before um, in the last, the last JIT sessions that we did. And it was, when you do something that you're not really, really good at, but you actually really enjoy that learning process, that hasn't happened to me and I can't remember the last time I was doing that. Maybe the last time I was in school studying something I was actually interested in, but in recent times, I can't remember that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, the thing that I'm loving about JITS so much is that we know nothing about it. Yeah. And we suck. Yeah. But, like, we're getting better. And, like, embracing that bottom end of the learning curve where you suck so much, all you have to do is take on as much information as you can and put into practice. You know, you're not refining skills or anything like that. You're just trying to not look stupid and not get tapped out six times in a minute. Yeah. And it's... It's, yeah, it's like I think we touched on it in like one of the early episodes is embracing the suck, embracing not being good at something. Yeah. And it's so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I think majority of the guys are like eight weeks into um, rolling once a week and we're just about to add another class in. But like you can see, and it's so funny to say this and it's like it's, it's almost a bit of a contradiction in itself, but you can see the ego leaving the fight. Yeah. You can actually see people starting to feel their own body and the person they're rolling against out in order to get the upper hand instead of just going, oh, there's someone's neck. I need to try and squeeze their head off their shoulders. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like, it's actually good fun. Yeah. And it's also good too because Grant, who runs it for us, is like, you know, Jits kind of identify what your strengths are. You know how people are always talking about passion projects, what they're good at in life. What does, um, what's, what does Grant say your strength is? <laughs> Probably the um, very man- manoeuvrable, very, very light on my feet, very dynamic. <laughs> Call me the ballet dancer of fucking jizz. Grant, every time, every time Grant says an example of something, he points Eamon out and he's like, you guys are going to be different to this guy. You guys are going to be, you know, moving around, being sharp, looking for submissions. Eamon is just going to try and squash people to death. Because <laughs> he's a big guy. You know, he's large yeah. and thick. Yeah, and he's hard to choke out. And, were, and he's always like giving little tips to everybody. He's like, you know, work on this, you know, um, figure some stuff out. There's some nutritional stuff that you can do. And I'm like, coach, what do I need? What can I do? Just, just keep eating. Just get heavier and heavier and just, just squash people. I was like, all right. Squeeze them to death. But in saying that, on the weekend was the first time I've noticed um, that rolling against you is actually substantially different to rolling against other people just purely because of your circumference i'm not like calling you fat but you've got big shoulders and a thick chest like none of it is muscularly muscularly toned at all but you've got big shoulders and a big chest and you're actually harder to get around big thick neck too yeah and what else is thick yeah (laughs) your calves Anything else? Where your calves meet your feet. Cankles, I think they call them. Upper thigh area things. (laughs) But but I I did notice that when we were trying to drill that that move um, together, it was harder to manoeuvre around you. I had to work so much harder to get that space 
than I did on the other guys. And one is because you move so slow. And I don't mean that offensively either because it's a good thing in, in jits. But you move so much slower than the other guys. They're still very rushed and they're still like, you know, panic in certain spaces. And, you know, stuff falls into place when people move wirily. And with you, it's a bit harder. I've got to like maneuver myself better to get those spaces on you. Because otherwise, I'm not going to quite get the choke. I'm not going to quite get your arm out or to isolate something. Or in our circumstance on the weekend when you squash me to death. <laughs> you just snorlaxed me. Yeah, I'll see if I don't know if I got any video footage of it, so I can show you guys the artistic. How convenient! You had forty-eight angles of you choking me out, and you couldn't find a that's single it one happens, of you losing. That's because it happens every week, and I don't choke you out. I've only choked you out once. I normally tap you out by submission. Yeah, with arm bars, which is an interesting lesson as well. Like I don't know, there's something about like jujitsu that we've we've done each time where it's it's something like when you when you fall into a track and you get lost in oh, I've got to get the person's head and I've got to wrap them up. And then you forget other things. Like you forget, oh, I've got to watch this person kick. Like, you know what I mean? Like you've got to watch their lower body or you've got to watch all these things. So I'll be too busy trying to crush you to death. And then meanwhile, I haven't even realized that I've neglected focusing on either my legs or something like that. And suddenly you got my leg in a... Like, Jiu-Jitsu is the greatest metaphor for life. Yeah, so far that I've come across. Yeah. Like, it's honestly, it's so great for life because... You spend so much time concentrating on this one thing that you're working towards and you're so concerned with like getting this one thing right that all this other stuff happens around you and then all of a sudden fucking boom, mm. you're done because you didn't concentrate to the big picture. And that's the difference between, you know, when we first started and now. Like now there's so many moving parts. Like it's, you, you just can't afford to like not lock someone up completely or not at least be wary of what their strengths are from previous weeks. Yeah. And, you know, on the weekend, I dived in a little bit more to unpacking, escaping more, which came to my detriment and I got squashed. But it was, it was such an interesting dynamic to take because normally I'm a bit more lively and wiry and I'm trying to, like, make a few moves. But on the weekend, it was more like, okay, well, let them... I want to get in trouble and learn how to get out of it in a real, in a real situation, not just the drills that... Sorry, excuse me. The drills that we do. Yeah. And I, and I did. I got tapped more, yes, on the weekend than I have in any other, any other week. But, you know, I was trying to, to better acquaint myself with getting away, which I'm not very good at, it, as I found to notice. Well, this is the thing is... It, that's really good as like an extension of that is when Grant, you go, you're going to be put in an uncomfortable position at some point and whether you're in control of that or you're monitoring that it's, it's just going to happen regardless and it's going to, be hap it's going to happen in, in against people that you don't think it's going to happen against because of body types but you're going to get put in this uncomfortable setting it goes but patience and timing and not overreacting and not underreacting but just being just being calm and like forward thinking fully it just works like that and the same thing happens like I was wrestling with um, I was wrestling with Bardo and I'm, I got him down the first time and I was like oh it's he's a, he's a he's a thinner frame and he's got longer limbs and I'm like but I think I've got him like heaviness wise so I was like okay well I'll just keep doing my game but then he just anticipated that in the second round and then just had me by my head and I was like okay I was like normally it's like really uncomfortable I'm like okay I can't I'm not going to be able to get out of this I should tap and then Grant was like in my head going just be patient. He can't hold you up forever. Just how much, do you, you know? I mean, whether whether or not you weigh seventy five kilos on a good day, or you weigh forty kilos or hundred kilos or whatever you weigh. I was right? about to say we're going to touch on your weight rather than everyone else's. <laughs> what a good day! But you, but you got the triple figures. Well done. <laughs> you look at other people as well, and then like imagine holding yourself up for that length of time. Imagine going to the chin up bar and just holding your eighty kilos or hundred kilos for. a you know, a minute, two minutes, three minutes. Most people don't have that hanging strength. Some people do have that hanging strength, but a lot of people don't have that hanging strength, especially when the person is moving, that object is moving. So in my head, I was just like, oh, I'll just wait it out. And then over time, over time, I could feel his grip letting go. And I was like, if you... And then I, I thought about it time, like, if I stay more in the suck and just let it kind of happen, if I stay more in that uncomfortable setting and just breathe and be patient and try to, re try to react on my terms as opposed to being like, fucking just get out of it. It's like, I'm gonna be better off. And sure enough, it was like, he let go and it was well, it. Yeah, 100%. Same thing happened when I was rolling against Barney. And it's always funny when I roll Barney because there's always that 
little brother big brother rivalry like yeah. I really don't want to get tapped out by my little brother I really don't and I, I, I still want to very much assert my big brother dominance over him but at the end of the day like I don't take it any any more seriously than anyone else's I just like in the back of my mind I'm like please don't get tapped out by my brother that would be embarrassing but when we were rolling the same thing happened and he had me in a really good hold and I was like fuck he's got me shit like if he can squeeze if he can keep this up for a long enough time like I'm done I can't get out and like he's getting tighter around my neck and I was just like okay what's your get out of jail strategy here like you've got a little bit of time up your sleeve he hasn't quite got the hold what can you do and I was like okay I need to make this as difficult for him as humanly possible and for him to have to try as hard as possible for as long as possible before he gets me. And so I just sort of maneuvered my wrist up under his chin and I just started pushing to try and make it a bit more uncomfortable because it's not pleasant having a bone touch your chin or under your throat. Mm. I was like, okay. Well, who would have thought the whole neck area was so fragile, but you know what so I mean? Fragile. Like so sensitive. Yeah. It's in you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And... I felt him as soon as I, uh, I pushed squeeze even tighter and I was like okay I've got him even though for 15 seconds I was 10 times more uncomfortable than I already was I knew he was going to gas out first yeah. and I just went okay sweet as soon as he takes a breath and the littlest bit of tension gets released from my neck I'm making a move got him, yeah. and then as soon as it happened he, he took a breath, he loosened up a little, and I pushed his torso away, squeezed my head out, and the game was on again. Yeah. And it's just that stuff. Like, you start thinking on a completely different level, not just like panic and throw arms and legs around and hope for the best. Yeah. It's like it's almost calculated chaos. So I've been on a moped in Bali. Just works. Yeah. It does. It, I don't know. It's, it's something funny about it. I don't know why jiu-jitsu seems to resonate with so many people in... I don't know, like we came to it at this point in our lives and not earlier or later or whatever. But it's just definitely funny, those cross parallels between the shit that happens in your life and that uncomfortable zone and that uncomfortable setting. And then having that physical test against somebody else who may be stronger than you, maybe heavier than you, maybe more wiry or more maneuverable and, and like just plays at your weaknesses and just pushes you and tests you in other ways and just annoys you. Like I reckon... As soon as, you, as soon as you figure it out, your shit-talking game's going to be, like, next level. Because you love that little bit of, like, you know... I, mean, I started implementing it on the weekend. Yeah. The whole time. I mean, and, like, like, everyone talking, else is peaceful and nice. Everyone else like, is rolling around. I'm just whispering into people's ears. Like, come on. Are you sure you can hold that for any longer? You look tired. Are you tired? Fuck, you feel heavy. Oh, you're jumping on top. Wow, you feel light. You feel really light today, Eamon. It's like you're soft to touch. Yeah. It's almost like a cloud is just resting over the top of me. Yeah. But um, yeah, but it's funny that 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 element that's there, and that testing element is like the more you kind of figure yourself out, the more that you learn your physical capabilities, and you identify where your strengths are. Like, it's epic. I honestly think everyone should do it, and for completely different reasons. I would say guys need to do it purely so they can check their ego and realize that they suck at fighting because I like that's the biggest thing is like every guy thinks they can fight every guy has something in them that thinks they can like throw down and beat towel up anyone they want whereas in reality you can't you couldn't fight your way out of a wet paper bag um, and girls the opposite girls I think it's really important to learn how to to use close body contact and like how to manipulate someone's body in an uncomfortable manner you know for self-defense reasons and also just to whoop ass um but guys like and, and Grant touched on it when we had a bit of a play at the end and I did what I thought was an awesome takedown like you see it in certain things all the time and he said look you get away with that in UFC and stuff because people aren't like their wrestling game isn't that good but he turned like a great takedown into a fucking choke out like I was nearly blacked out before I got him to the ground and it's just like the simplest thing the simplest thing about understanding a person coming at you with force and what you can do to manipulate their body against them mm. it's amazing yeah and I didn't want to hurt Grant afterwards because I learned a valuable lesson 
Like, yeah, that's, but that's the crazy thing, isn't it? Like, when, if, you, yeah. if you were to think, like, if my mate tapped me or armbarred me or something like that, you would instantly want to hurt them back. Yeah. But as soon as it happens, it's like, all right, high five, and we're back, we're rolling, we're going again. Yeah. Even though some of us get heaps, heaps tired, heaps quick. Have zero tank. Are you talking about me? Yeah. Yeah, bigger than us. You and Barney. <laughs> well, I think, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's the thing as well as like rolling with different people, different individuals, rolling with different, in different settings. Yeah, I don't know. It's something, something fascinating. And I don't know. I, I wonder why, when we're talking about the humility aspect, like I would, like, I don't know, in my younger years, if I saw someone like Grant, he's still a big dude. Still strong. Big name, man. Grant's 100 kilos plus. He's six foot fucking two or three. Yeah. He's a giant. But if I was if I was my 18 year old self, I'd be like, yep, let me let me get at it. Let me have a let me have a shot at the club and see what happens. Now I'm like, nah. I'm not I'm not thinking that way in general. But I look at him and I look at that setting and I'm like, it could easily destroy me, right? Easily. It easily. could kill you so many ways so quickly. Easily, right? But the fact that we the fact that we have that setting in which you're interacting with people of different sizes and different elements it's almost like peaceful you know it's it's like everyone has a chat everyone has a laugh at the end everyone stands for a photo and i don't think anyone's like going home being like i can't can't wait to get back out there and just i don't know beat the shit out of someone mm-hmm. which i know that it, it would probably it probably happen in different gyms and stuff like that or maybe it's a different setting or something but you, i feel like you just leave everything there you go into a little bit of hurt and then you go home and everyone's fine. So much fun. Yeah. I love how, like, you opening the podcast because you choked me out has turned into a third of our chat today. So yeah. awesome. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on the fact that I, what was it, like, three and a half seconds or something like that? I was just straight in there, straight fucking to it. Fucking turn it up. <laughs> From now on? Well, I have to scrub it because there's no video evidence of it. Yeah. Scrub it. Do you even remember how you got me? Nah, I think I tripped and you felt you like you were off balance and I just kind of fell on top. Just <laughs> <laughs> pretty standard. Yeah, but, that's um, so funny. but no, but so good. I, I, re- I recommend anyone if you're in our area come and you want to go to a setting that's super loosey goosey to come to come to. Yeah, get so we do Saturday mornings and um, we're starting Wednesday nights this week. So if you've got got free time on either of those days, come check it out. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just it's it's almost like meditative. It's, Meditative. Yeah, that's a word, yeah. Meditative. It's nice. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's easy. But um, yeah, come check it out. It's been awesome. But uh, meanwhile, business front, how's everything going, man? Like, what's, what's, uh, I feel like our value is in offering our real life experience and like what's happening and the challenge we face and, and how we're overcoming that stuff and the philosophy behind it. Mm-hmm. So, talk me through Eamon O'Connor's last couple of weeks, grinding blocks winds resistance resistance everything yeah touch on it touch on it talk to me about what's happening with you i think it's been october september was a punishment i said that probably on the last episode it was just just poking at me and prodding at me october's been pretty good in the sense that a lot of a lot of the shit that i've been through now up until this point all the challenges that i've experienced when it comes to what i do the service that i offer a lot of it's now in the setting of just when someone when someone comes in, I used to I used to try and go above and beyond in a sense of trying to justify why what I was offering was beneficial for that person. So you, so you would come in and you'd be like, oh, I've got shoulder pain. I'd be like, let's spend an hour and a half together, two hours together, and we'll talk about how I have all these solutions for you and I can fix everything. And this is the one. This is the place for you. This is the one stop shop. You know. And then I felt like I was giving a hundred percent of everything that I have. For every person that came through and now how i factor in is like is completely different i'm i've gotten so much more peace out of stopping trying to convert people to something and more offering a solution that i in my in my experience in life my short experience in life and the lessons that i've learned for my own health and the stuff that i do i now just present information and i go look if you want something here it is but i've realized now that it's like that same conversation is like, you can't do the handstand work for somebody. You can't do the deadlift work for someone. You can't do the chin-up work. You can't do everything for somebody else. All you can do is offer the information. 
And the more that you get, and I don't think it's necessarily emotionally invested, but the more that you get hyper invested and you expend your own energy in trying to help somebody else do something, it doesn't solve the solution that you think it does. It doesn't give that person what they need necessarily. Yeah. And, and that's a tough one. And everyone finds, everyone, everyone that has a, a product that is for sale finds themselves in this arm wrestle against like, why don't, pe- why don't people want to buy my product versus why they should buy your product? Yeah. And that's the thing is, if you figure out why they don't want to, you don't have to worry about why they should. They figure that out for themselves. If you can put a bridge across from why they should to why they don't want to, then you're getting to a closer point of being able to connect with those people on why this is actually something that they need. And for you, it's massive. Like, you know, you can do so much good with someone in such a short period of time for them to take a step forward with their health and wellness. And if you concentrate more on, you know, getting around the fact that, you know, what are your three biggest resistances when people come to acupuncture? Like, what are the three biggest things you find is their, like, excuses? Price, time, like, availability, time and also time extension of how long something takes yeah yeah so like the duration of getting from point a where they're a little bit hurt and injured to point b where they're fully fixed yeah well not even that to where they want themselves to be okay yeah Yeah, so and and i mean so if i mean if you sit down and you go all right so let's talk about the price and you break that down and like this is like this is communicated via like you know whether it be pre-rehearsed or something you've gone over and this is your spiel. You sit there and you say, hey, all right, guys, so this is what we're going to do. This is the program. It costs X amount of dollars. Now, what do you think about um, what would happen on the other foot? Don't get the treatment. Do this. Go down this path. Hundreds and thousands of dollars in you know, hospital and doctor fees down the track. You know, invest in yourself. You know, and then you get to the time. It's like, well, what you don't take time for now, your body will take time for later. That's just a given. Yeah. Like you, you can see it on a minute level every day. You know, people that overdo it, that overstimulate themselves, and all of a sudden it's like shut down. Yeah, you have to have a break. I suffered from it last week. It happened to me. It can happen to everyone. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Like, but I tell everyone: look after yourself. Rest. Take time do the things that you need to do. And I was doing most of them, but I haven't been sleeping well. And did I stop training super hard because I haven't been sleeping well? No. And that was stupid. I had to have three and a half, four days off completely to get my body back. But lesson learned, I'll pay more attention to my sleeping patterns. And the, the duration, same thing. And the handstand is a great one. Because everyone comes in, everyone wants the party trick of a handstand. But it's like, no one wants to put in the 12 months that's gonna, of consistent practice that it's going to take to get it. Same with acupuncture. It's like, oh, but, you know, why isn't this better now? It's like, what do you mean? Mm. Like, it, it can't be better now. We've got to start a process. Like, how old are you? Okay, sweet. So it's taken you X amount of years to get into this state. Do you think it's not going to take at least half of that to get out of it? Or a quarter of it to get out of it? Yeah. And people just look at you like you've got no idea. Like, you bloody speak in a different language. Well, the, assum- the, the funny thing is, is like the assumption that it will get better from making zero to moderate amount of change in your life. Like in the sense that we were talking a little bit on like the end of the last but about like gut issues, right? Mm. Gut health issues. And Chris Cress, one of these uh, like paleo sciencey type guys, was basically saying that if you have like really bad stuff happen to your gut and you get like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis or leaky gut or all these complex um, issues that affect a lot of people... It's like there's an expectation that something will fix it and that you'll recover 100%. And he goes, what happens to the individual that can't appreciate that it won't return back to that 100%? And he's like, people don't want to accept that. And they want to live in this world where they can get to this finite point where everything's going to be 100% okay. And there's no necessary guarantee that you'll get to that point. Like you, your training might curtail and you might go, you may, you may wake up one day and go, oh, this is not what I want anymore when it comes to all these movement patterns. You might be like, I want something completely different. 
Like, who knows what the, the future holds in that respect? No. But you might be like, you know what, I want to turn Ghetto back into the dance studio that it was before and get these kids to nationals. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, you might go down that path or something. And <laughs> there's every chance that could happen. And when you, when you look at it in that respect, is that this journey or this oh, evolution of, of oh, rookie era. Phone call during podcast. Is, I your, think that was in, is your wife pregnant too? I think she might be. Yeah. Um, sorry about that, guy. And. Fucking <laughs> hell. So you might not get. This amateur hour? You might not get to that point that you think you're going to get to, right? Because you're going to evolve and you're going to change. But that doesn't mean that you don't do the work required to get to that point. And I think that's a real fuck, mind fuck for a lot of people. Is that you want to get to some abstract point in which everything will be okay. And that doesn't exist. And it may not exist for you. You may think it exists for other people because you see them living certain lives. You see them doing certain things and you think, oh, that's what I want. That's the type of life that I want. Or that's the type of job that I want. Or this is what I want to do. And assume that you get to that point and suddenly everything will be okay. I think health is the same paramount when it comes to that. So there's no guarantee that at some point everything will be miraculously okay. You know, like I treated myself for the back pain and all that stuff that I got into this journey with. I don't have any complications from that anymore. But if I'd only gone for a treatment block of like three weeks, six weeks or whatever it is, I might still have complications from my back. Why don't I have that? Because I treat myself pretty much every other week for different stuff, but I treat the whole body at the same time. You know what I mean? Like I didn't go from one... I didn't go through the injury and just go, okay, that's it. All right, my health's sorted. I'm going to be fine forever and ever. I was like, nah, this is going to be a fucking journey. So why don't I put myself in a position in which I have the information to help myself? I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to set up a practice. That way I have free acupuncture on tap because that worked for me. Free massage on tap. I could, I don't know, I could massage myself, but you know what I mean? But you, you in the same respect. It's like you want to surround yourself in that environment in which you can support and progress in your goals. But you're still only supporting and progressing, you know what I mean, your current journey. You're not, you haven't reached the hands-on point and that's it. But if you, if you look at the average conversation around, it's like, oh, I want to get to a point where I can do 60-second handstand. And I want to do pike, whatever the hell. I want to do a straddle press. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then people, will, people will list their goals. And then you go, okay, what, hap- what happens if you get there, you're just going to stop? Like, oh no, you have to be forward thinking about what you're going to do forward, right? So if you're going to go all that way forward, you have to go all that way back and go, okay, what can I do now that will get me to that point? And getting me to where I want to get to at that point is not doing sweet fuck all or thinking that I'm never going to have to continue doing this again. It's that expectation and realization that this is a continuous process, continuous journey, and something where you're always going to have to be held accountable to yourself, to your standards and stuff that you want. I think the health is the same same thing. It's definitely a slippery slope, isn't it? Because on one hand, you would love to make it so it was accessible and easy for everyone to pick up. But you can't, like you said, you can't do the work for people. And that's been the biggest thing that I find is... People are fine when they're motivated and when they have a little bit of momentum, but it takes one slip up. Straight downhill. And most people can't recover by themselves. Like generally, with, in my experience with people in, um, that come to the gym and the people that train, everyone has awesome expectations of where they think they can get to and how hard they think they're going to train. But after one week of doing what they thought was gonna get them there, it's too much to maintain. It's too much to keep up. It's too much to take on. And they don't wanna spend their time that way, which is fine. Like, I, I, I think that everyone has their own like way to fit in their health and their wellness routine around their own life. I don't think that anyone should copy anyone else's or try that. Um, but the thing that annoys me is that people keep doing the same thing over and over again. People keep making that same mistake and trying to do too much and trying to overdo it in order to get this result quicker. 
Whereas if, you know, so for, for argument's sake, say that, that this was a six day a week training thing and they were like, yeah, I'm going to come to two classes and then I'm going to come to do this own, do my own gym session. And I'm going to get to a handstand in this amount of time. It's like, all right, that's awesome. But can you maintain it? The answer is no. So they do it for two weeks. They get really good gains in that two weeks. And like it comes fast. And then it's like, oh shit, I'm so tired. I'm so sore. Like I haven't been looking after myself. Like, oh, I can't be bothered to go. And they miss a week, a whole week. And they just, they get a message from us and it says, hey, notice you haven't been at class. Like you should come get back into one, loosen up a little. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to come to this class. They come to that class. And then they just, they hold on to the minimum amount of work they can do to still feel a part of it and like they're doing something. Whereas if you started off at the very start, you realized that you're a three day a week kind of person, then you can maintain that. And you're actually gonna get from point A to point B in less time than when you decided that you were bloody Jean-Claude Van Damme on the hunt for the middle splits. And you were just gonna do all this training for two weeks, flat stick, and then you get sick of it or hurt yourself and don't wanna do it anymore. It's, like, it's such a slippery slope in making people realize that yes, it's great to be motivated, but if you are hunting outside of what you're capable of, chances are you're gonna slip off, you're gonna fall, you're not gonna get back on the wagon. Whereas if you just go, all right, this is what I want to do, how can I do it most effectively and most in tune with who I am as a person and an operator? Because otherwise you go, oh yeah, Will's doing the one-arm handstands, I might try that. And you jump into it and it's too hard, you don't like it, you hurt yourself, it's too much effort, too much training, I'm going away from that now, I'm not going to do any handstands at all. Mm. Whereas if you just go, alright, sweet, I'm going to jump over here, I'm going to do the warm up, I'm going to get into this, I'm going to come back in two days time and I'm going to do the same thing again. If you can keep up those two or three days training a week, you know, in a month's time, in two months time, in a year's time, you've put together the fundamentals and you're better equipped to be able to attack the next little bit. If you go too hard too early, that's it. It's over. It's over. Yeah. Same with acupuncture. Someone come in, get pins. Oh yeah, I'll come every day for a week. And all of a sudden they're bloody like, oh shit. Like, you know, now Eamon can afford a trip to go to the Bahamas every weekend. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I've got no money left in my account. Whereas if you go, all right, I'm going to go once or twice a week or once a week, once a fortnight, whatever it is that you can keep consistent enough for you, your body, your finances, your lifestyle, you are going to maintain it. But if you go and bite off more than you can chew, you're gonna get sick of it, you're not gonna like it. Do you think it's funny like, if you, if you ask me what the number one thing certain people could do for health, right? and I don't, know if, I don't know if movement has the same kind of like analogy kind of standpoint is most people ask me what the number one thing I could do and I could offer I say it probably is an acupuncture I say the first and number one thing that you should do is make sure you're getting your adequate amount of sleep just start with that have some water get to the fundamentals of what you need and I think most people would go oh no I'm, I'm sweet I'm fine I'm doing that, everything's good. Or some people might be like, oh yeah, but I, I just can't get to that point. And it's like, well yeah, but if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. So there's not really much more external stuff can help you if you're not doing the fundamentals that your body needs internally. In the same respect as if, if someone goes, oh, I want to get, I want to get six pack abs. Hmm. Or I want to get this goal at Ghetto and they put it on the wall, right? I'd say for most people, I go, you don't need to come to class to get the goal that you want. If you, if you adjust what you're eating at home and you did basic workout of like lunges or calisthenic based stuff, you could get there, right? The reason that you come for treatment, the reason that you come for the, to these classes is more than just the exercise element. It's putting yourself in a position and in a setting in which it's conducive for you to progress further on both an intellectual level and a physical level, right? In the same way in treatment, Someone comes because they want to have a conversation. They want to have an emotional detox as much as they want to have a physical detox to get to their goals. What you offer is, what you offer is basically the journey with a companion, right? You're going, if you come to class, if you come to train, I'm going to help you get there. 
you can jump on my ship and we're gonna cruise out together. Or you can try paddling alone, right? And that's the same thing as what I'm offering. I'm offering only an opportunity to go, oh, well, this is, this is the, like the first point that I've got with my health. These are some stuff that I've learned along the way. I reckon we can unpack that and something, not everything maybe, but something will suit you. Why don't you jump in my ship and we'll get there a little bit faster. But you're still gonna have the same challenges, same problems, because work life is never gonna go away. Your lifestyle, if you keep surrounding yourself with certain types of personalities, is never gonna go away. You're not offering like movement. I'm not offering treatment. You're offering community. Exactly. And that's like, I was only having this conversation earlier today. And that's the thing, is that when people make the conscious shift into understanding that this is less about people being able to do certain movements or feel a certain way and this is more about people actually belonging people contributing people helping one another this is a place to share information where does sharing movement as a portal for everyone else to come in and share their experiences and swap life stories and everything like that that's all it is. And it's building that wider based community that is why we started. And like this is, you know, we, we've said it before, this is ground zero and where we want the facility to be as a whole. You know, we want a place where people can come and get everything that they need. They have the community, they have the nutrition, they have the movement, they have the medicine, they have whatever it is that they need here in one place. But more than that, and most importantly, the community knows that it's here for each other. The community knows that this is the main reason it's all here. Yes, we all have to eat. We all have to provide food for our families and a roof over our heads. So there has to be a monetary exchange in order for that to work. But the thing that holds it together is the fact that we are all here for the same reason. And that is to share, to give and take from each other. Some days you may give more to me than I can give to you, but that's fine. Because there'll be other days when you need to lean on me a little heavier and I have to be the one that's giving. Which is more often than not in our relationship. Very, but very sass aside, that's the point. The point is, it's not, well, I'll give you this if you give me that. No, the point is, is that, all right, well, I am abundant enough at the moment with what I have in energy, time, maybe money, maybe food, maybe some classes, whatever it is that I could have to give, I can share that with you. Maybe on a minute level, maybe on a massive level. But then there's gonna be a time when it may be me or it may be someone else, they come and the piper will knock on the door and be like, hey man, I need some help. You know, can you loan me your ear for a chat? Can you make me a cup of tea? I need a stiff drink. Give me a hug or a million bucks. You know, but someone somewhere is going to need that exchange from you down the future. And it may be one of those beautiful moments in life where it matches up. I give you, you know, something and then you give me back something. But it could be completely opposite and someone random comes into your life and you go, oh, that's why I was able to take it that time because now I'm able to give and share, you know, and make a difference in this person's life. That is the basis of everything that we're building sharing back and forth giving taking resting that's it going very much bada bing bada boom and it's I mean and I really feel like we're onto something special you know and I feel like the next 12 months is going to be such a ride for us um you know, we're looking in all the right places, we're asking all the right questions of ourselves in order to be in service enough to facilitate what we've just described. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the, the big part of it. It's like all the challenges that you face is so that you can be more of service, not to be less of service. If you rise to the challenge and you rise to the opportunity for that growth, you'll be in an infinitely better position moving forward. If you don't, and you consciously choose not to, which is the same thing of going, biting off too much, you know, and going, I'm gonna train every single day, 10 hours a day or whatever it is, and then not sticking to it after three days, because it's an impossible feat. <laughs> you know I'm doing extras. Um, in the same respect, is like, you, like, we have to be those types of people that we want. 
provide an example for. But the thing is, like, the effect that you have on other people is is the biggest part of what I want in that respect. It's like I want to be that type of person that people can rely on. And the only, the only way that I can be that person that, I'm, that people can rely on is if I'm fit for service. So a lot of shit, if, when it comes to movement, jokes aside, nutrition, when it comes to my own health, when it comes to what I'm doing, headspace-wise, mentality-wise, what I'm doing when it comes to workshops, what I'm doing when it comes to all my internal care, is only putting myself in a position which I could be like a more contribution to other people. Son of a bitch, what? I just, I think that's a really nice thing to say about yourself. And Are you smiling much? Right? I'm smiling because I can't get out of my head like <laughs> the hundred times a day you walk into the gym, you look around, go, yeah, I should train and then walk back out. <laughs> Down the yeah. hall. So let me just touch on that. But wait, wait. I, I, I say that taking the piss. Like, but in all honesty, your training regime is very on and off. But I have never met anyone that puts back into their own health and their own learning more than you. Myself included. Like every second weekend, you're at a sweat lodge or a seminar or a workshop of some sort with nothing to do with acupuncture and more to do with holistic health from a different avenue. And you are always going to those things. You're always putting money back into the business. You're always putting money back into yourself. You're always putting your time and energy towards bettering yourself. And that I can't take away from. But your training does suck. But in, in that regard, like that's, and everyone always has an outlier. Everyone always has an outlier in everything they do. Everyone has always has something that they're not going to connect with as much as they do with other stuff. Your thirst for knowledge outweighs your thirst for the game train downstairs. And that's not a bad thing. But it's just something that is funny because we've got the physical down there and you're just like getting blocked by it. But in saying that, I, I again want to just repeat that E makes up for his lack of wanting to do that physical work constantly in other areas and that's what most people miss you know they they drive themselves to to want to do all these things but at the end of the day there's too much going on for them to be able to to fathom how to to do it routinely whereas you know you work to your strengths and you address your weaknesses i think that's the important lesson to take out of this What started as a sassy comment circled back into a semi-compliment. Yeah, semi-compliment. Yeah. Let me point out some of your bad traits. Point them out. No, I definitely, I, I definitely think that that's cool. And, I, and I've, I'm I going to take that as a profound, you're perfect just the way you are, Will. And you do nothing yeah, wrong. I don't want to end it on a second. I want to be just like you. <laughs> I want to be, I want to be like Mike. I think I think it's I think it's right. Like I think you follow your passions, follow what you're interested in, and things that you not necessarily that you're good at, but that challenge you, and you can meet those challenges. I think, in a nutshell, and this includes what we talked about at the start of the podcast when we're talking about jits. I think, in a nutshell, exactly what we're trying to say here is that don't do something that you're not. Don't try and be someone that you're not. And that doesn't necessarily mean don't do what you're not good at. Because you may not like what you're good at. And you may enjoy doing the stuff that you suck at. But you enjoy it, so do more of it. Yeah. The whole idea of personal sovereignty, which is like, stop trying to be somebody else for other people. Like, oh, Joey loves, I don't know, muscle cars, so I'm going to buy seven or something like that. I have no interest in that. Yeah. So why would I do that? Just because Joey says it's Well, it's cool. that gratification that comes from someone else telling you, well done. It's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at kicking a soccer ball. I'm going to play soccer because the crowd cheers. Yeah. It's like, well, shit. If you don't like it, don't do it. Go find something that you're maybe not as good at, but you enjoy doing. You can spend time evolving into it and that can feed your soul. Yeah. Rather than... Oh yeah, well, I guess I've got to pay the bills, so I'm going to do this thing that, you know, yeah, I'm good at it, I may as well make it my job, or I may as well do this because that's what they said I should do and they're happy that I'm doing it. Yeah. So, don't bite off more than you can chew. Do more of what makes you happy. And what makes you happy isn't necessarily something that you're good at. 
and know the difference between those. Just summed up 45 minutes of talking in three sentences. Embrace the suck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, embrace the suck. Enjoy the suck. Whatever. Yeah. I think that I think that's a really important thing to, to touch on and to not to not disconnect from when you're in that setting, when you're in that moment of like, this isn't this isn't where I thought things would go. This isn't where I thought my life would end up or everything's over now. It's like, well, okay that doesn't solve anything you can't do anything with that that information you can only tell that excuse to as many people as you can tell that excuse to and after a while people aren't going to listen because they've got their own shit in the same way as like checking out by just going oh i'm going to get cars because joey likes it it's a way of just saying oh if i talk about a problem instead of working on a solution of a problem I don't know, maybe someone else will help me or I can continue to externalise all my shit or I can continue to place the blame and whinge on other people and all the, all the rest of the world putting me in this situation. And I'm not saying it at all times it's super easy, but I know that when I do it, and I find it, like, for myself, I find it embarrassing when I do that. And that's the thing. If you are not brave enough to first blame yourself and ask yourself why these things are happening then don't be so ignorant and arrogant to pin it on someone else. If something is going wrong in your life, you are the one that has to take charge. You are the one that has to take action. Straight up and down. That's it. Yes, people are frustrating, but there's something in that frustration that is actually your fault. There's something occurring that makes you have to change your perspective in what you're doing and why it's affecting that person that way. No, you don't have to apologize. No, you don't have to make a big deal of it. You have to realize why it's happening around you before you can address the situation. Yeah. And first, and first identify with that, that challenge. You're just going, I can only keep talking about this, but I've got the same narrative running around in my head. I've got the same like thought processes that I've always had, that everyone's conditioned and all my friends talk about the same thing. And I don't know how to get out of that headspace to then find something that I like, something that I'm passionate about. It's like, you have to do things that suck or that are challenging for you as much as, if you can't get to that point where you already know what you like and you're just ignoring it, but you're literally like, I don't know what I'm good at, I don't know what I like. Then you need to figure out what that is. So several ways to do that in the immediate sense is like sit down, close your eyes and stop talking just sit and breathe and all this shit's going to come up and meditation is the best of that I think we're talking about the last few episodes everyone thinks meditation is he's going to sit down everything's just going to be like fucking serenity oh everything there it's going to be unpacking and processing of all this bullshit that you tell yourself on a consistent basis the importance of it is to build focus and awareness that all this shit can go away at any second all this stuff that you externalize can go away at any second there's no there's no 100% certainties in that realm just you breathing and you being alive is like the singularity of all that stuff. So just continue to breathe and continue to see all that bullshit just wash away. Or put yourself in really uncomfortable settings like go for a run when you hate running or swimming when you're afraid of the water or whatever. Whatever that is. But I mean, this is, and this is why I like our relationship because you don't agree with everything that I say. <laughs> you don't let me have a win just because you think that, you know, or you know, wills this, wills that. You don't allow me to ever be right just for the sake of someone being right. You ask questions. You then ask questions about the questions you've just asked. You ask me why I think that's the case, why I believe that, why I do that. It's never enough just to go, oh, you know, the sky's blue. Okay, well, that's your opinion. Well, this is my opinion. What do you think about this? And instead of being angry that you didn't agree with me it's like okay well let's unpack this a little deeper like there's two sides to the coin let's go let's have a chat about it instead of like everyone's like no this is how you do it this is how you do it you're wrong i'm right it's like it's not your information to claim you know what i mean 100 percent. but people are so caught up in that you know game and i do it all the time Best one for me is when Emma, Emma always goes, well, maybe you should do this for ghetto or this at the opening or this at this. And I'm like, no, you don't understand the branding concept we're going for. Thank you for your input, but no. 
And she's like, yeah, but it, it'll be really cool. I'm like, no, 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 I've got it covered. My ID's better. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, but it's just an external view. You know, your head's always so close to it. You might be overlooking that this is actually a better idea. But my pride says, um, I'm smarter than you. This is my business. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, right. And then a couple of minutes later, I think about it and I'm like, fuck, that idea's gold. But we can't use it now. We can't, sure, u- we can't use it now. We might have to edit this piece of the podcast out too, just so she knows she's not right all the time. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. And it's, it's, that's, that's on such a minute level, but it would happen every day when you talk to people and you feel the need to spew what you know about something so you feel like your point is validated. Yeah. But it's not, just listen, learn, it be. Yeah, do you speak to confirm what you know or to unpack what you know? Yeah. I put up a post last week and it said, I want to have more conversations that challenge the way I think. Because if I keep getting told the same thing and that if I'm right all the time, where the fuck can I go? Mm. What can I learn? What can I do? And that's so funny when you look at this ultimate outcome where you're in this like blissful relationship where your work environment is just awesome. It's like, do you really want that though? Are you really searching for that? Because you look to a certain point and you're like, if everything that I know now tells me that when I'm comfortable and when everything's easy for me, I'm lazy as fuck. That I can't, you know what I mean? That I'm not challenged and I know this. And I mean, we're, already, we're already past that. Like neither of our businesses are at the stage where they're comfortable. And we're already going, all right, well, in three years, we're going to outgrow this place. And we're looking to go into something bigger and better and, you know, 2.0 it. Yeah. It's like we're, we're not going to, we're, we're never going to be those people that do it. I feel like we're already aware enough that if you do get to a stage where you're like, fuck yeah, life's good. If you've got nothing to whinge about, Pick up your cards, baby. We're going all in. Yeah. Powerful. Rinse it dance. Rinse it dance. Episode 10 in the motherfucking chamber. Feels good. Three away from that elusive 13. And that day podcast, I feel like the energy was maybe a little yeah. bit up there. Let us know what you think. And we've, uh, we finally, I don't know, hopefully we're going to check in a minute. Hopefully the two microphone setups worked. Um, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but thanks again guys for listening in um, and because Eamon didn't do it at the start and I mean I guess it's my fault as much as his for letting him chat, tap me out to open but just to, again thanks to our community uh, Evergreen Landscaping, Jimmy's Burgers, Coco's Cafe, AccuFit, Acupuncture, Ghetto Movement and South of Home Creative for all their help in supporting the podcast. Thanks a lot gangsters. Episode 10, we out. Boom baby. I was going to do the mashed potato, you know. That's why I went so low with it. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Fucking hell.